This video is about finding the right PhD supervisor for you, an incredibly important first step in many people's academic or research careers. Although it may feel like this is a lot of effort to put in so early in your career, it's effort well spent. Finding the right supervisor now can pay off many times over throughout the rest of your career. Finding the right supervisor is very much a personal thing. There are really three categories of supervisors. The right supervisor for you, the right supervisor for other people who could be quite different to you, and supervisors who are unlikely to be good for supervising anyone. The key point to remember is that what makes for a fantastic supervisor for someone else isn't necessarily true for you and vice versa. When you're looking for a supervisor, it's important to not overthink it. You have an idea or a vision in your head of what you think you want in a supervisor, but until you actually start the PhD, get well into it, only then will you actually know what of that initial impression was correct and what wasn't quite on the mark. And so it's important not to agonize too much about this process. So let's get on to the key part of the video, which is finding a supervisor who is the right fit for you. And essentially this comes down to how many boxes that supervisor ticks in terms of what you think you're after. A good supervisor is unlikely to tick all of the boxes, but will most likely tick many of them. First up, we can talk about the technical mastery of your PhD supervisor in the area of research your PhD will take place in. What this means is that the PhD supervisor, if necessary, could actually take over your PhD and do it much more quickly and much more effectively than you could, drawing on both their general experience, but also their specific deep technical expertise in the area. Technical mastery isn't a single thing. There are multiple components to having technical research mastery. For example, you may have a more senior supervisor who is a domain expert in the area you're proposing to do your PhD in. For example, in localization and mapping systems. But that same supervisor may not be quite as much of an expert in terms of modern machine learning methods. For example, the advent of deep learning, which has really only become prevalent around the world in the last decade or so. A potential supervisor doesn't have to have deep mastery technically of every single aspect of your research, but all other things being equal, if they do across at least some components, that's a good thing. Now, if you poll all current PhD students, what you'll find is that a significant fraction of them have supervisors who are not world-class leading experts in the specific technical field that they're supervising. That's by no means a deal breaker, but what it means is that you need to pay extra attention to the other characteristics that a potential supervisor brings to the table. First up is the amount of supervisory experience your PhD, potential PhD supervisor has. If you join them, would you be their first PhD student or their 50th PhD student? It's not just that senior supervisors are better as a blanket rule, that is by no means true. There are definitely pros and cons to having experienced supervisors and having junior inexperienced supervisors. You can talk to a potential supervisor about their supervisory style. 
Are they a really hands-on supervisor who's constantly working closely with you, uh, up to the point of perhaps even a little bit of micromanagement? Or are they more of a hands-off supervisor who lets you find your own way and very occasionally gives you some structure and support? While micromanagement isn't necessarily a good thing for a supervisor to do, one of the things that you may draw upon occasionally is when you get completely overwhelmed and flustered by your PhD program, and this happens to many students, at that point, could your supervisor step in and give you some very detailed, very structured guidance on what you could do? And if it's a highly technical field, this will to some extent come down to the deep level of technical expertise that your supervisor does or doesn't have. In terms of the supervisory style, what's important here is also what you feel comfortable doing. So you will know from previous projects and research that you've done, and perhaps research assistant roles that you've done, whether you like a highly structured workplace environment or whether you like a high degree of autonomy and independence. There's also the fuzzier concept of what your supervisor ideology is or their set of principles. So this is their attitudes and beliefs about research, about science, about how research should be done. You're not going to find a supervisor who generally perfectly aligns with you on all of these issues. But what you are looking for is sufficient overlap and alignment of interests. Uh, if everything is completely opposed in terms of your beliefs and their beliefs, that's probably not the greatest sign for a productive supervisory student relationship. On a more mundane but very important aspect, you can find out about the logistics of the supervisory student relationship. So does your supervisor meet with their students on a weekly basis, a fortnightly or monthly basis? Are they traveling a lot during the year, which is quite a common thing, especially for senior academics? Do they disappear off to industry on or on long periods of leave regularly? And do they keep up their meetings with their PhD students through all of this or do they make alternative arrangements? These are all important logistical aspects. The level of organizational capability of your supervisor is also important. You can have an amazing PhD with a completely disorganized, chaotic PhD supervisor. But all other things being equal, you want to know that your supervisor is on top of things. So do they respond to your emails in a relatively timely manner? Do they manage to handle and wrangle their calendar in terms of setting up meetings with you? Do they turn up to those meetings or do they forget? It's a mistake to think that just because it's chaotic at the start, things will magically get better where you to actually formally commence a PhD with a supervisor. Typically what you see at the early stages is representative of what you will get doing an actual PhD. When you're interacting with a potential supervisor, pay particular attention to the amount of due diligence that they are doing on you. Now this may sound a little strange, but if you send them an email and they send back a, hey, that's great, you can do a PhD with me, that's actually not necessarily a great sign because what that means is that they've probably got other people or students or postdocs in their group who they also did no real due diligence on. And that can often lead to problematic scenarios. And the last thing you want is your supervisor not having any time for you because they're dealing with a bunch of problem cases in other parts of their group. And so although it can be a little confronting, if they are doing lots of due diligence on you, that is actually generally a good sign. 
When you're looking at the seniority of your potential supervisor, it's important to understand two key concepts. The first is that in terms of technical mastery, a very junior, inexperienced, but amazing supervisor can pick up very world-class, very amazing skills very quickly. It is much harder to quickly pick up soft skills and life experience. Things like wisdom, things like deep emotional intelligence, things like knowing how to interact with and deal with students from a very wide range of backgrounds and how to handle problematic cases that arise from time to time. For example, dealing with mental health issues amongst the student population. These are things that takes extensive and sometimes painful experience for a supervisor to pick up and manage well. If you have special requirements or needs that are relatively unique, it's important to discuss these with a prospective supervisor early on and to also internally assess whether you think that supervisor would be able to help you with those specific requirements. An older or at least more senior supervisor is likely to have interacted with a much wider range of PhD students. And so some, but by no means definitely all, more experienced supervisors will be better at managing and providing the support for you with respect to these issues. At the same time, it's important not to overly stereotype. You will find junior inexperienced supervisors who are willing to put in a lot of time and effort to support you on your PhD journey, even with regards to special requirements. And so it's important, regardless of their seniority, to assess their suitability to support you. Most university programs will also assign you an associate supervisor or a secondary supervisor. The role of that associate supervisor can vary. They can be very, very passively involved and you can barely see them all the way to they can be as involved or perhaps more involved than the primary supervisor. The associate supervisor plays several important roles. Firstly, they are your go-to supervisor when your principal supervisor is away on leave or on a long work trip. Uh, frequently in the computer science field, you see a lot of turnover instability in terms of where academics are. And so whenever you start a PhD in a hot area like robotics or AI or computer vision, there is a significant chance that your supervisor will not be there at the end of your PhD. And in that case, your associate supervisor becomes extremely important because they are the most likely person to take over primary supervision of your PhD program. A very important thing to look out for is the postdocs and PhDs who are already in your prospective supervisors group. In many cases, you will end up learning far, far more from those fellow PhD students and the postdocs in the group than you will from the supervisor. Now, the specific PhDs and postdocs you talk to or interact with will not necessarily be there in two or three years, but they are probably representative of the type of researchers that are attracted to this group. And so pay particular attention to them. Do you think you would be able to learn lots from them? Do you think you'd be able to interact extensively and work alongside these people? To a lesser extent, you should also check out the larger department or school or faculty because you will interact with those researchers and academics as well as your primary supervisor. Another very valuable use of your time in investigating a potential supervisor is to talk to their past PhD students or their past postdocs. Read the acknowledgement sections in their PhD thesis documents, but also try and talk to a few of them verbally. 
In particular, see if you can talk to a PhD student or postdoc who has actually dropped out of their PhD or research program. You will learn a lot from how the supervisor has managed problematic or challenging cases, not just the successful PhD candidates. You should also assess the overall health of your supervisor or potential supervisor's lab. So do they have plenty of grant funding or internal funding certainty over the short and medium term? Ideally, you want your lab head to not be constantly desperately scrabbling for money because that can take a huge toll on their cognitive capability. It can occupy most of their time. If instead they are well supported by a number of grants, it means that there's a good chance that they're going to be able to spend more time working with you as a PhD student. If the lab is well funded, there will be money to support your travel to academic conferences, for research visits to other labs, for any publication fees or research equipment costs, uh, which will make your life much easier and more enjoyable as a PhD student in that lab. Another thing to consider is the profile and network of your potential supervisor. A well-connected high-profile supervisor will have links to a lot of the top research labs around the world. They may provide very interesting visit opportunities, both in terms of where you could go for a few months to do some research during your PhD, and also in terms of the interesting people who will be coming and visiting your lab. If they have extensive links into exciting industry sectors, there's also the potential for them to help you get internships in what is an increasingly competitive field, especially in areas like computer science. Finally, if you're thinking about what you're doing beyond your PhD, once again, a well-connected PhD supervisor will potentially be able to provide you with a lot of links into exciting places to work. The network or connectivity of your potential supervisor is especially important if you are doing a PhD in a very active international research field, but you are located in a geographic region that is relatively isolated because it's those connections that your supervisor has that are going to enable you to connect and engage with the research field on a more global level. So with all this advice, you may be tempted to put in a huge amount of effort and time into assessing potential PhD supervisors. A decent amount of effort is very much worthwhile. It will pay off. But at the same time, you need to remember you don't have complete control of the situation. A lot of things can change in the three, four or six years that you do your PhD. Uh, your whole life circumstances can change. Your attitudes, your principles can change. The same goes for your potential PhD supervisor. Uh, they may leave and go to another university or go to industry, but also their beliefs and life circumstances can change. And lastly, the entire circumstances of the research area or discipline that you're working in can change. So while you can do lots of due diligence at the beginning uh, before you start your PhD, it's important to know that it's not going to guarantee anything. It's just going to tilt the deck in your favor of having a really great PhD. A PhD supervisor is in many cases one of the most pivotal professional relationships that you will develop during your academic or research career. And so the effort you put in to find one that is a good fit for you will pay off many times over throughout the rest of your career. Happy hunting.